and welcome to Point of Origin, episode 18, the podcast where we can rebuild them. We have the technology. There's ones you say where it's like, fuck, hindsight. Like, how did I not think of that? That's perfect. (laughs) I'm just very good at um, (coughs) being an echo chamber for memes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that is a statement. I'll admit to it. It's fine. <laughs> so we are back after a uh, one week unintended hiatus. hiatus. Yeah. Uh, first, it was a it was a combination of uh, it originally was just going to be because of technology issues issues thanks to a corrupted whole bunch of shit was corrupted, but then we got hella fucking sick. So that was great, and uh, it doesn't help that at the same time as all of that, you started a new job. Yep. I started school again. Yep. <laughs> so trying to find times when we can meet up to do recordings suddenly got a lot harder. Yeah, like overnight. Mm-hmm. Probably saying that I was throwing up blood. Right. <laughs> but hey, I survived. You survived. Eric is. Well, the semester's survived. only started. We'll see. <laughs> I survived. She might survive. <laughs> and. uh... Yeah, fucking emotionally. I don't know what's the word for it's. It's not moot because it's not like in the middle, but like it's you know emotionally devastating, but also really good. Whatever that balance kind of word is. For this episode. Yeah, for this one. Oh, so like it's um emotionally satisfying, I guess. But yeah, it's an emotionally it's a satisfying yeah, episode. In its devastation, it's satisfying. We have a really good episode ahead of us. Oh so yes, yes we do. It's a, you know, it's 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 a good thing to have waiting for us at the end of this uh, dark tunnel of shit. Yeah. So I'm Mel, and I'm Liz. I'm figured. <laughs> and yeah, watch some Stargate and not be sick. That's Yay! all I can think of. <laughs> I'm gonna watch something other than Barry. Yeah, yeah right. And my voice kind of sounds like a human's again. A human's? A human's? Yeah, you know a human's voice. Uh, okay, within a pot. Yes. A, okay. Yes. I'll just uh, I'll just add little air apostrophes as I go through life. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So the episode we are gonna be watching and reviewing today is. Episode... That's not the right page. <laughs> that's the episode's title. That's not the right page. A tale in the life of a uni student on a foreign planet. Oh, every day of my life. Okay. Uh, we're going to be watching episode 17, Tin Man. I mean, I it's a great name because it's... It tells you exactly what to expect. Yeah, it's it's great because it's, it's honestly more about the hollow aspect and less about, of course, you know, not having a heart. Mm-hmm. And the hollow, you know, the hollow, again, I, I keep going back to the word devastation, but, you know, what kind of feeling must, that sinking feeling that's permanent when you realize yeah. that this is your fate. I think this, this is that is, kind of episode. I think this is another one of those um, types of episodes that every sci-fi show has. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Hell Something yeah. like this. Some version of it. It's a requisite sci-fi There's trope the, episode. There's uh, the alternate reality one, the body swap one, the time loop one, time loop one, which I won't do it, but I love every single one of them for each one is beautiful in its own way. They all have such unique, lovely things. Uh-huh. In the middle of my back, <laughs> I mean, that will live in infamy. But yeah, I honestly, maybe it's just because of my inherent, you know, deep love and nostalgia for sci-fi in general. But I, I like to think that like regular mainstream shows, when they do like their trope episodes, mm-hmm. I can forgive them usually because it's, yeah. it's meant to be in fun. You know, it's yeah, meant yeah. to be part of a more. It's more like a gift to the audience honestly, than anything. So sci-fi tropes it. are fun. <laughs> yeah. But Doesn't these, matter how much yeah, they're overused. Exactly. I always get excited for exactly. them. Exactly. It's when I see when I it was, let's say it's a new sci-fi show. I can't think of one right now because there aren't any new ones that are good these days. Um, at least the ones that are getting canceled. But 
I don't watch any current TV. I, I was, should. The, the day I just literally the day I decided to watch The Expanse, the next day it was announced it was canceled. Of course. I had finally thought I thought I had escaped the Firefly effect on it. So I was like, okay, maybe no, 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 fuck it. But yeah, honestly, I uh, when I when I'm watching a new sci-fi show and it that moment it clicks in the beginning of an episode, it's gonna be one of those tropes. Yeah, whichever one it is. Let's say the timeless one, for example. I always just get that little giddy, like, hey. Because you know what to expect, but you know they're going to yeah. give you something new as well. Yeah. The only one I do with slight derision, but still with joy in my heart, is whatever form of zombies they decide to go with. Oh, yeah, yeah. My favorite worst ever attempt of that was Star Trek Enterprise, where it's the fourth season. They're in, hey, hey, the expanse. Um, there's this chemical, not chemical, it's a mineral, whatever, that Vulcan minds can't handle. Mm-hmm. They lose their emotional control and become zombie-like, almost, in their deterioration. And it was so piss-poor. It was so bad. I love it. I go back to it regularly for rewatching. <laughs> for how bad it is. Oh, God. I forgot how bad a CGI was in it. Nothing about it's good. But I love it, because it's a trope episode, and That's, so it stands out. Yeah. So, Tin Man's good for that. Except this one actually is really well-written. Yeah, it's very... From what I remember, it's well-written. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get to... Right, I'm just saying. From what I remember, it's well written, and it so is. I'm, I'm looking forward to the satisfaction it's, of it. I'll say it's a it's a writer that we've gotten good things from before. Good, there you I'm go. not going to spoil any more than that, <laughs> but it is a name you will recognize. Awesome. I'm just happy that this one's not just a trope, but also a well done one. Yeah, because they I enjoy being devastated not, for some reason. What happens sometimes with trope episodes in sci-fi shows is that they just go for the trope and the joke there. Right. Like whereas, I like that Dark Matter one, but that's kind of what it does. <laughs> whereas this one does actually go pretty deep into the fallout and the ramifications yeah. of this. Yeah. And they continue to later on in the show, not just in this episode. So, you know, the, it's just, it's a good, solid episode that has weight and has matter to the rest of the show in general. Yeah. Funny, I know Farscape had a couple of them. I can only think of tidbits of them, though, so I'm not going to like even try to explain any of them or even get into it. But mm-hmm. my thing is that I remember specifically the, this Stargate one, of course, because, like I said, it's the most satisfying of all the trope episodes I've yep. ever actually really seen. Um, even Enter- uh, sorry, Next Gen didn't quite manage to hurt me as much as this one did. But I know that there's parts of certain versions of the trope episodes in Farscape that are like second place not because of their poor quality or anything, mm-hmm. but because those ones, Farscape had no trouble, not just, de- it wasn't about devastation, it was actually like, physically, they would, they killed characters in terrible ways. They did mean, awful things to them, because it was honestly a, a secretly violent, hmm. and fallout of violence kind of a uh, show. So they always did it with the, the other kind of punch. Uh-huh. To the throat. Yeah. Stargate and that, likes to go for the emotional Yeah, punch. and that, that the, the nuance aspect of it is a little less uh, traumatic for me. So Farscape is there, but Stargate's above yeah. it. And Tin Man's the best example of it. So yeah. I, hey, think... I actually contributed more in this first five episodes, minutes yeah. than I have in the last like three episodes. <laughs> and I, you know what? I'm going to give us credit. Um, I do still need to read the synopsis, but um, I'm going to give us credit for the fact that we did our little pre-episode discussion without really spoiling Screwing anything, anything. Up there. I know, right? I'm so proud of us. <laughs> like, we talked around it pretty well. Um, so here's the actual official synopsis for it, and then we'll get into watching it. I wait it. with bated breath, because last week wasn't that bad, actually. <clears throat> no, it was one of the first good ones we had. Okay. Upon landing on planet PX3989, the mysterious alien Harlan... Of course it's Harlan. That's my grandfather's name. It screws with me every time. <laughs> uh, the mysterious alien Harlan renders the SG-1 team unconscious 
After waking and returning to Earth, they find that their spirits and minds have been transferred to androids. The team must return to regain body and soul. You know, I do appreciate how they have no problem glossing over that extremely complicated process, mm-hmm. and they don't even try, which I like. If yeah. you're, you're going to do it, you might as well just go That's full. That's the thing. Trope, full the trope episodes, I think part of the reason they're trope episodes is because of the fact that at this point, you don't bother trying to explain how it happened. Exactly, and honestly, when you try, you have to dumb it down, because you have to do it, get over it with quickly, because you have to do your trope episode. The, the time loop episode in Stargate is... There's there's ruins with interesting um, <laughs> translations on the stones, and then a stone lights up, and then... There's weird hologram shit. Yeah. Never explained why. Never mm-hmm. explained how that sandstone survived all those thousands of years, because that sandstone definitely wouldn't have. There's just an ominous translation, and then a bright light, poof. and then poof. Yep. And then one of the best lines ever, where Dr. Jackson's gonna die. What, again? <laughs> what, again? <sighs> there's too much in that episode for me mm-hmm. to do it properly. But yeah, honestly, look, I hate it when shows that do the trope episodes try to do a, like a quick little layman's dumbed down yeah. quick hash. It's because it's not honestly, necessary. Not only is it not necessary, but they always make it sound so fucking stupid that I can't help but wonder if they think their audience is really that dumb. Yeah. Guys, we get it, okay? Just blame it on a tornado. It <laughs> took Dorothy from Kansas to Oz. We didn't question it. We just went, yep, moving on. It's, we're not dumb. We just don't care. There are certain storylines where you need the explanation. Right. This is there are one of certain cases. ones where it's like, <laughs> no, we just need to get there. Because the whole point of being a trope episode is this has definitely been done before. Yeah. yeah. Whatever your a tiny, slightly altered version of your applied phlebotanum is, who gives a fuck? I do like the background history for the source of the androids in this episode. Like, that's the thing, though. This that's episode really does good. It, right, because that's the thing. They don't do it so much as like an expo... Quick hash, you know this the explanation of what makes what the of the MacGuffin of this yeah. of this trope is integrated almost seamlessly from what I can remember into the actual storyline of the, mm-hmm. like the show. They did it, it's like a braid of awesome. It's really good, and that's probably just one of the reasons why it's so satisfying, even though it hurts. Yeah, is because damn, mm-hmm. like kudos. You didn't just like throw it out of the way, and it wasn't even like a quick little dump at the end. It's literally just a. Oh, we're going to have um, another discussion of uh, technicalities at the end of this episode that I'm not going to spoil yet. Oh my god. I don't. I just realized how long this episode's going to be because there's no way in hell I'm not going to bring up Emperor's soul. Yeah, I know. Because I have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. It's fine. I apologize in advance for if, even after all my editing, it turns out that this is almost a two-hour episode because I, I promise I tried. That's all I got for you. God, this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> all right. So, on that note... Let's go and actually watch the show. Dude, I'm so excited now. Like, I was already excited. Now I'm like, yeah! <laughs> that episode is awesome. Yeah. Seriously, I, I... Everything I said before, you know, still stands. I'm not really going to elaborate too much more on that. It's just little things I didn't notice before, you know, when I was younger. Like, all the little bits of uh, foreshadowing and hinting. Yeah. That should pretty well, uh, you know, settled in, actually. Yeah, they do a really good job of not telling you everything. Um, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of small reveals. Yeah. Like, you get one reveal and you're like, oh, so this is what's happening. Yeah. And then you get a little bit more of a reveal on that that gives you a little bit more information, yeah. but it makes you think down one path, mm-hmm. and then you get another reveal that goes, oh, no, 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 yeah, it's the other path. One, yeah, it's kind of like, like when you're doing a mystery, mm-hmm. but... but it's not presented like that, which is actually kind of cool. It is a mystery, obviously, but it's that's it's not like 
this is a mystery episode. Yeah. This is, hey, at the end, it turned out, guess what? There was a mystery here. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a different kind of take. So I really like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a big fan of um, not giving everything from the beginning. Right. You know, you've, you've seen my writing. I yeah. always put little clues of things that right. don't mean anything yeah. until later it's just, on. It's called, gem, it's called gem mining, yeah. according to one of my English teachers back in the day. What I just really like, though, is there's a, again, this is, this is what always makes me go back and forth on my opinion of different episodes having different directors. Mm-hmm. Because you get the variety of flavor and so on and so forth, and certain episodes would appeal more to certain strengths of certain people. I yeah. get that. I, I'm not really complaining about the model in general, but I gotta say, it's episodes like this that make me kind of want to rethink it. Mm-hmm. If it would, if, I know I, I can't give a better way of doing it, of course, so I, this is, like I said, it's not really a criticism. It's just the idea that when you have different directors, you have, of course, some, some shit episodes, like shit episodes. Yeah. But that, but those are, because of the way they stand out, they're not, they kind of are their own beast. They're yeah. not really a reflection on the current of the season. Mm-hmm. But when you have, of the good directors, these distinct flavors... Sometimes it kind of annoys me, honestly, because I want more of each one mm-hmm. in a consistent fashion. I understand I can't have it, but then you have s- some continuity almost issues because of how these arguments and stories are presented and how they're portrayed in these moments. Because these actors are all, of course, thankfully, they're the consistent yeah, pieces. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. they will still respond within the frame of this one thing. However, when you have different direction going on, certain reactions are different and introduce concepts that you wouldn't think of never get any more of mm-hmm. or something along that kind of line it's just this episode makes me really sad because we don't get another one that is like it's that next step that really explores the the rest of the ethics yeah. and the and the deep philosophical thinking and now you kept saying director did you mean writer no i meant director some things you were saying it sounded like director but no. like when you're talking about like the ethical discussions right. that's writer right okay so, so that, that is writer. i guess but what i meant yeah I, I think it i think it evolved as i was speaking honestly yeah. because i was really originally just you talking kind of like going between the two i'm like wait because well, a lot of writer like, instead director a lot of things or? also tend, I, this show is not a great example of that of course but a lot of like movies for example a lot of movies are written and directed by the same person mm-hmm. so in my head sometimes i have a hard time separating but to be fair you you are correct i, I accidentally kind of evolved the, the statement because originally I was really just trying to focus on that that the, the, the flavor that framing and flavor of directing and so you have these characters who regardless of what storyline they're in what's being written they're being directed in different ways and even though they're interpreting within their character frame you get these these ideas of these insights into who they are that sometimes never get explored oh again. yeah just think about um as a party's directing in singularity where he was trying to frame Sam and Daniel together yeah that's an example of what not to do mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's going to, you know, of course, then it gets ignored later, which annoys me a little bit, because yeah. you, know, you just have to pick and choose sometimes. And that's not a season one thing, that's just a multiple directors thing. Yeah. But then you have scenes like what was in this, and the directing is great in terms of the character mm-hmm. acting, except it introduces just through facial acting, for example. Oh, something yeah. you, Something you never really see again, especially since... Yeah, there's a lot yeah, just, of wordless hard. facial acting. Yeah, that was, was a really cool recurring theme of minor theme of the episode was as we were talking about like with the uh, hints not a lot of exposition there and then between the characters not a lot of exposition there's there. a lot of one character looking at another character mm-hmm. with a silent look mm-hmm. not saying anything just looking at them the other character understanding what they're trying to communicate and like just doing a nod mm-hmm. or shaking their head or 
both communicating completely silent. Yeah. Because these characters know each other by now. Yeah, exactly. It and as I was saying, it was like the thing where um, you know, he makes a comment and Sam says this thing and we'll get into it when we get when we get there and I'll finish this up soon, I promise. But the fact that Sam wouldn't have done something like that in the beginning of the season. No. Because that's a great indication of it. And that's what that brings me back to my, my the end of my statement here, which is a lot of that plays out through directing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, that stuff does. And of course, there's always going to be different versions of the rest of the rest of the show. That thankfully, it's not like we like miss out on that the rest of the show. But we never get this take on it again. Oh, certainly, because um, I'm going to use that as a little no, it's great. I, I, little I, transition. I know, I know it's his last. It's his first and last, mm-hmm. apparently, because uh, Jimmy Kaufman is the director. Who we have not seen before. Yeah, and yeah, I just happened to see that as I was and scrolling. He does a good job. He does a great job, and it's really sad that I can see where people um, definitely. Like, and thinking back now, I can see which which episodes that have anything to do with this one continuity yeah. wise. You can definitely see that they paid attention to what he was doing. That that's good at least. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the coin, uh, we have a returning writer. I didn't pay attention to the writers. Oh, I did. Never mind. Yes, I forgot. You did. Then I, I didn't pay full attention because I didn't remember it. <laughs> Jeff E. King. Yep. And that's what I was saying. Was Writer that, of Bloodlines and Cold Lazarus. And no other episodes. Just these three? You only ever did three. I remember reading that back in uh, with uh, Cold Lazarus. Because he's another three. reliable one. Yeah. Because those are all good episodes. I think the reason this keeps happening is that we've, some really, we've had some good ones that have already kind of come and gone. Mm-hmm. I think when you're that kind of a good writer, unless you're like fundamental to the project, like Cooper, for example. Places. Exactly. So it's honestly kind of a good thing for them. They, <laughs> they're constantly they're gone. having other job yeah, they, offers. They couldn't come yeah. back. It sucks for us. But again, it does, like, of course, make way for new talent. Because there's other episodes I know we're going to love from people who are also not going to see much of. I still have Robert C. Cooper to look forward exactly. to. Exactly. He, he is, is a consistent still my guy. number one writer. So As he should be. He's a god. But yeah, I uh, this episode wasn't as bad as I remembered in terms of emotional punch, but for all the things I just said, it holds up 100%. I still feel like you're um, combining some of their later... No, 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 because that's, that's a completely different kind of devastation. And I see like it, it, the element of that, too. I just remember that conversation hitting me hmm. super hard. But again, I'm realizing now it's probably because that was the first interpretation the first time of it. time you, you were which I'm dealing with that. I'm honestly really happy about because if that's my introduction to that trope... It's a good I, one. That's a great... That's a beautiful foundation. So... All right, let's get going with this episode. All right, so uh, the episode opens up with a really good shot of just, like, a giant metal vat. And I was like, yeah, that's like a, a vat a superhero yeah. would fall yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, damn great. yeah that's a vat a superhero, god damn it. Either works. Yeah, either works. All I, and I can say it reminded me of Batman Forever. I think it's Forever. The one with, with Jim Carrey's Riddler. Uh-huh. And there's that Schulacher-esque crap where you're looking up, and there's all those bars painted all kinds of weird, wacky fucking colors. And it just reminded me almost immediately of that... So, like, the take. ride at um, Six Flags. The line for Riddler's Revenge. Oh, up yeah, above, I about that. The yeah, pipes yeah, are exactly yeah, like right, that. Right, right. The, moment, the moment you describe those pipes, I'm like, that's on my rides. Because I haven't seen the movie. I mean, you're not really missing out on that. No, right? I know, I'm not. It's not a bad one. It's not as bad as, you know. <laughs> okay, all right. So, we open up on a vat, um, and then, obviously, we go to the gate, and they're coming through. Because that's how we usually open episodes. Unless we need some sort of Shit plot build-up in the... No, I was going to say plot build-up uh, back on oh, SGC. a cold open kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so gate opens, team walks through. Uh, it's an empty factory floor, and the team is, like, examining all of the technology. And they make a point of the fact that uh, it looks like it's slightly more advanced than Earth's, but much older as well. I don't really have a problem with it. 
but at the same time, I, I can't really say that because the, you because know, you see that floating shit, right? Mm-hmm. That's what makes him say that thing. Except literally every other everything about them, their surroundings is it's just pipes is, is from like a normal nineties era yeah. manufacturing textiles. Anywhere from like the seventies to the nineties, they all look pretty uniform. Oh it, yeah, they they Hell just the, had like a freaking actually the wires were factory. more seventy eighty you know look like with the uh, building type. I figure there was, like, details that we couldn't see closer up that they could. Yeah, maybe. But all I know is that's one thing they glossed over that I kind of wish they hadn't, because it literally nothing about that meshes even a little bit. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, because that creates a bit of a hole. But, fuck it. <laughs> but, I mean, that is also a little clue there, with yeah. the technology being more advanced but older. Exactly. So I get what they were going for. So like yeah. I said, I can't really complain about it, but there's something that I want to complain about. No, I getcha. Well, that's not on Jeffy King. That no, would that's be on, just, like, set design. Yeah, exactly. Whoever came up with the idea should have dialed that yeah. down a little. All right. Um, they come to a computer terminal. I think the alert goes off when Sam touches it. Yeah, I think she... Probably because she hits the wrong fucking button. Yeah. Because for some... I'll get into that later. Yeah. So, some sort of alert goes off. They're like, oh, that's probably not a good sign. So, I'm assuming they're going back to the gate to, like, leave. Just once I want somebody to hit a, the wrong button, an alarm to go off, that line of... Or the general reaction of fuck, that can't be good, and it turns out the guy's going, it's my birthday! Like, I just, what for once, want that klaxon to come on because... So Jeff Goldblum yeah, and Thor? Basically, because somebody decided that there needed to be more positivity in the world, and so if you fuck up, they don't yell at you, they go, that's not the right button, but it's okay, bro. That's only acceptable if they actually get Jeff Goldblum to do the singing, yeah, too. I just, uh, just once, that'd be funny as shit for me. It'd be over in a heartbeat, but my life would be infinitely richer for All right. Uh, so they start to head towards the gate, assumedly. Um, Away from there, at the very yeah, least. <laughs> like, at least to, like, get around a corner and see who's... That's what I would do. I would, like, just get around a corner and see who's going over to the computer terminal. It's only illegal if a cop sees. Yeah, that's that's the rule, right? Pretty sure that's the law. But as they're running away, they get zapped by terrible CGI. The thing about it is it wasn't even... It wasn't that the CGI was terrible, it's that the concept of the CGI was the overlay. A dumbass idea. Yeah. If it hadn't, they went with... It's just like arcing white light. <laughs> yeah. And not only do they do the whole wraparound effect for some fucking reason, but they also do it with a supremely light color with a thin, dark band in the middle, which only completely served to highlight the problem between that and the organic figures they were on that were not made out of computer imagery. Yeah. So, I understand what they were going for, especially since at the time that was the, probably the peak of what they could do for that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. They probably thought it looked good. I get that. But guys, think about contrast. That's all I'm asking, because contrast points out the worst of flaws. And the team drops unconscious. Probably because contrast was off. <laughs> sure. <laughs> their their falls are all, it does make me laugh a little, they're all very stage falls. Uh-huh, oh, yeah. And it just brings me back to how much I respect Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki like on Supernatural, because they fall, they just, <laughs> they just drop. They hurt themselves, I'm sure, at least a little. These guys are like, no, 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 I, I respect my body. <laughs> them are quite old. Hey, I'm not judging. I'd do it. Not to mention, they were like falling into like metal pipes and everything. That's something you gotta be careful about. I get it. But it does make me just kind of go, wow, that was one. That was a beautiful series Mm -hmm. of graceful landings. So they go unconscious. They wake up in a circular room with a cop. I think the waking up scene in the beginning of Alien. I've seen it once, so well, I can't. I mean, it's not that remember. similar because they they are there in those pods that uh-huh. open up, but they're all head facing out from the center of the room in that exact same kind of formation, waking up from their long sleep. So it's very reminiscent of that, except without all of the pod stuff. But that's 
cots themselves, the tables, mm -hmm. are all very similar. It's a sci-fi-esque kind of thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's probably why it's reused a lot. Um... Can, that, you not, can you not read your own handwriting? Or no, I just wrote the wrong word. Oh. So they're in a room with cots, and they're all wearing new clothes. Um, and for some reason, I like how even this alien species decided that women's clothes can be identical to men's, but fitted. Because only Sam's are not baggy. Yeah. They're actually all well-made, because they look very similar, but hers are just I do like curved. the detail of the fact <laughs> that like they're basically these black tracksuits. Yeah, they look kind but, of But um, each of... And, the They're black tracksuits with like white piping, and each of them have the white piping lines in like different patterns. Mm -hmm. One of them's got them across the tops of their shoulders. One of them has like a horizontal line across their chest. Sam has a vertical line down her chest. It's another because like that wake up scene also kind of looks not. It doesn't look like a maturation chamber from the uh, the Borg mm -hmm. in Star Trek, but yeah, it that still has definitely that feel felt of it. like it. Yeah, and uh, that line thing is. Because the Borg are all the same, right? Uh -huh. But each one tends to look a, a little, little different. bit different. And so it's kind of another kind of... I'm not saying it's an homage, but it definitely is that same feel, call-out, inspired Oh, out, I definitely got a Borg feel from it, yeah. It's Borg-like without being Borg-like. Mm -hmm. It's a very nice visual clue. This episode is really rich in visual clues. Yeah, so they're basically like just starting to wake up and trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And then Harlan... It's their usual fare for them, basically. Harlan walks in. Hi, Harlan. I love Harlan. Jay Brazo, man. Great actor. He's so good in this episode. I think the only other jolly type dude along those lines that I like guest starring wise as mm -hmm. much as him is obviously Dom DeLuise as Ergo. I was just about to say, uh, I was like, well, what, what's the name of the guy where they all start eating jello? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Ergo. Yeah. Ergo. Especially you, I know that much. I think it's Ergo. Like yeah. Urges? Yeah, something like that. All I know is this is just slightly beginning of season one. The beginning of a long tide of awesome special guest stars. I like how you and I both have the same thought of who to associate Harlan with. Yeah, well, because it's that same kind of feel. Yeah. The same character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he comes in. He's amazing. He greets them all happily. Kuntraya. Used to it, folks. You're gonna hear a lot in this episode. Uh, Daniel like goes, "Oh, I, I guess that's a, tr a greeting," and he. Like, does it back, because he's the thing. anthropologist. And then he tries to do his own greeting by introducing himself and holding his hand out to shake. And Harlan looks at his hand and goes, Oh, this is how you do greetings in, in your world. And then he holds out his own hand, but it's, like, above Daniel's, and just pulls it back after a second. <laughs> I never get tired of that trope, the shaking hands uh -huh. failure trope, but it never ceases to just kind of piss me off a little that, that when people do it they thought it would work at all. Aliens. <laughs> Neighboring countries don't even have the same custom no. as you, but you expect an alien to do that. And they always look so surprised, like, oh, that's awkward. It's like, no, that was stupid. I feel like <laughs> you can't blame them. It's, like, instinctive. I guess. I think I think what gets me every time is, is the reaction after the fact. Oh, like, if, oh if right. They, <laughs> if they ever just once did the pullback with the look of, like, that was dumb, of uh -huh. course, that'd be one thing. But it's always just, like, a <laughs> kind of thing where they're like, oh, shit. Well, they don't know any better. It's like, uh, you do. Y you do. I think my favorite version of this is, um, and I'm blanking entirely, so I apologize because I'm sure it's a very obvious reference, but I cannot remember the source of it right now. Okay. But, um, trying to teach someone, like, fist bumping and high fives, they hold out their hands to do a fist bump at some point, and the person who's being taught these just grabs, grabs it and does oh, like a little wiggle. Psych. Yep. It's from Psych. I, as soon as I started describing it, I'm like, it's from Psych. Yeah, the, the Psych Wiggle. <laughs> yes, just grabs their fist and just shakes their fist up and 
I can't think of which one it is, but I remember the one version. I can't that's remember what episode just doing it is this. either. Yeah. Not that segment. Another show did it, their version where he just went with the, just the uh, uh, index finger and thumb, just wiggle, wiggle. I yeah. like the I like the, the drive shaft kind of version. Yeah. You know? uh, I stick can't shift version. Sorry, remember but. who does that in Psych, which is a either. tragedy. I it's remember the window, nerd. but not the person. It's some nerd because he's and like, yeah, all right, and then he's like, oh, 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 I remember now. Okay. Cloudy with a chance of murder. It's the lawyer. Oh, fuck me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, so, this episode... is brought to you by Psych. <laughs> it's almost to the point now where I feel like we might need to start adding some kind of thing to our notes about, like, okay, so by the way... <laughs> Don't bring up Psych. No, 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 the, the, uh, oh. like, the ones where I, like, where I, like, I give credit to um, oh, yeah, the yeah. sound effects I use. And the numerous references are, of course, in reference to these shows, Psych, that we have no ownership of and for some fucking reason are promoting without being paid. Psych deserves it. Right. Here, I'll stretch my wings a little bit. Watch Barry. <laughs> I am secretly a promoter, too, of Farscape. Honestly. Yeah, a secretly? You're secretly a promoter of Farscape? Technically, I didn't even say the word right. I'm actually a secretly, which is a, the, the opposite. It's the antithesis. Okay, like okay, asymptomatic. Good. Yeah, there we go. Totally on purpose. Sure, sure. So, uh, they do the joke handshaking thing. He turns and, like, does the greeting to everyone else, and when he does it to Jack, Jack says, Kumbaya. Kumbaya. <laughs> Harlan is sure. just so sweet. Like, oh, no, no, no. Kumbaya. <laughs> and I love Jack. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Hi, kidnap victim. Don't give a fuck. Yeah, Jack's instantly, like, on edge and everything. It's, it's, I honestly love it, though, because you do have your slight moment where, like, when they realize they're different clothes and Sam, of course. For once, I did not go down the negative out of my head. I did. My first thought was literally just, I like how it's the chick that makes a comment about the clothes different. Then you said, yeah, because it's a chick, and the clothes change. I'm like, oh, shit, duh. But then that's it. That's, it. that's all of that. Don't There's make it no creepy. They don't make it creepy. They don't do that. anything. Else. And the well, person there... who has the biggest issue is a dude. Uh-huh. And I like it. I mean, there are some things. instances like he keeps referring to Sam as a female because it's it's novel to dork, him, right? Yeah, he's a dork who's had he's been alone yeah. for at least yeah. eleven thousand years. When he when you say he hasn't seen a woman in a thousand uh, how eleven thousand years, it's not that he hasn't seen a woman in eleven thousand years. He hasn't seen anyone. Yeah, he hasn't in seen 11, anyone in thousand years, half of which would have been women. <laughs> so yeah, like so, even though Sam does get a little uh, sometimes with him, like at one point he grabs her shoulder to be like. Oh no, these clothes are much better. And she's like, no. pulls away. Like he's not no, all of that. Don't he's, touch. He's just a good guy. I love Harlan. But I love how you see him literally register that immediately because he does that thing where he pulls his hand back and then, oh okay, <laughs> he's no large. touching the He will one. not do it again. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't. Exactly. He doesn't touch her again. Exactly. It has nothing to do with sexism. It just it wasn't a guy touching a woman. It was just it was Harlan touching a thing. Honestly, because that's just how he does. No, touch Harlan. <laughs> And then he learns. Uh, but yeah, so they ask about their weapons and their clothes. Uh, he the says, usual fare, He honestly. says their clothes have been destroyed, but he does give them their weapons back, which makes Sam and Jack infinitely happier. I do like Of course, because he's not threatened like, by it. Sam is like hugging her. I know. Because... They're all like wearing their guns kind of behind them, and she's not like being not, like, like over defensive about it, but yeah. she's very comfortably resting her hands on it, just that little, and, and holding it between her and the strange man, mm-hmm. who may or may not have seen her naked. So she's, you know... It's Fair good. enough. But I do like, for once, that the aliens who take these stu- possessions, it's always, uh, no, we're not giving back your yeah, shit. he gives them back immediately. He's like, He's like, no, your clothes have been destroyed, but I can give you your guns back. Yeah. You won't need them, but if you want them, cool. Yeah. So yeah, the reason they don't need them is they find out Harlan is the only person here. All of his other people died out 
long, long ago. Yes, the Altrians. Altarans. Um, Altarans, sorry. And he says that they're under the surface of the Earth right now, that the surface is unlivable because it's overtaken by radiation. So another massively used sci-fi trope. He says that the technology that keeps them alive down here was created by... I don't remember the name of the person. Uh, Wallace. Wallace. And that he he doesn't have as much knowledge as he'd like to maintain this area, but the guy who did build all of this died, and he says 99,000-something hours ago. Oh, hours, sorry. He says hours. My bad. And then after, like, two seconds, Jack goes, that's 11,000 years. And Sam goes, how did you know that? And Jack goes, I'm right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you know that? And then, yeah, Daniel goes, wait, but how did you know that? And then Sam goes, uh... (laughs) I do love her face of just like, oh, I do not know, quote Hercules. I do not know. Dude, I use that every day. It's It's a good quote. They're trying to figure out how the heck they were able to do that kind of math in their heads, and Harlan says he made them... Better. Better. I do love the happy, it's not that he is a child, but his childlike wonder of life. And Jack's only response is, better how? Again, another thing, buckle up kids, you're gonna hear that a lot. They decide that he, oh, he can't give a clear answer as to how he changed them. And so Jack's like, alright, we're fucking leaving. (laughs) Right, just, like, just, better how? And then Harlan just kind of like, uh, Uh, error (laughs) yeah error blue screen and so jack's like all right we're out (laughs) so they go back to sgc uh they go into a medical exam like you always do after you come through the gate and janet is examining uh jack and goes yeah um how do you feel (laughs) and he's like great uh better than normal really interesting listen to this I and like, she has him listen to where his heart should be, and there's nothing. I just will never get over how <sighs> fucking nothing phases this woman. I Even when her. she gets scared later, she's not phased. She just she's does alert. her freaking job. She is alert. Mm-hmm. And what I absolutely love, though, about that is I realize, of course, that's, uh, I was thinking, how did she not notice it before the heartbeat? I realized probably the first thing she checked was the heartbeat. Oh, yeah. But again, so blase about it, because he's the only one sitting. Mm-hmm. So none of the others were, like, inspected individually. And the that others were, like, all standing behind exactly. her. So she went, all right, so, team, if he doesn't have a heartbeat, how much do you want to bet? Yeah, this is probably a thing. All right, let's do this. <laughs> um, and Jack assumes, wait, so I'm dead? Because <laughs> he doesn't have a heart. She's like, well, look, we'll take some blood, we'll take a blood sample before we make any decisions one way or another, you know? Uh, and she puts in the needle and starts to pull out white stuff, not blood. And as soon as she does that, she gets away from Jack as quickly as possible, goes over to the wall, and slams her hand down on an alarm on the wall to call, like, MPs in. Yep, and then goes right to the intercom and, you know, mm-hmm. intruder alert. Because, obviously, we have a foothold situation. And while she's doing this, Jack has grabbed a scalpel. Because he didn't do anything small. cutting his arm down the middle. And peels the skin back to reveal that there's, like, pistons and, and uh, bars yeah, inside. It's, it's a full-on Terminator reference. Oh, yeah, homage, and I love it. One thing I did notice about this was when, you know, she hits the alarm, Daniel, of course, does his, you know, the, the, who, the whoever has to have that line of, it's okay, it's yeah. us, you know, hands out. It's almost verbatim per mm-hmm. episode, anyone who does yeah, it. Yeah. But that being said, I've mentioned this before a couple times, that what I love about Daniel's character in general is that he is not a bad guy. And he clearly has emotions and ethics and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. However, 
he is. Oh, I don't know if this was a conscious choice on Michael Shanks' part. I, I would believe it if it if mm-hmm. it was, but it also could have just been subconscious, honestly, with betrayal. But I constantly, for ten years, get seriously sociopathic vibes off of uh, Daniel because whenever he's put into a position, certain kinds of positions mm-hmm. of power, it's not that he gets domineering, but he also gets it's it's like arrogance, really, mm-hmm. honestly. But the not so great version. I would say it's on purpose because remember the episode where he gets the uh, implanted exactly. Uh, I, I think that was wholly on purpose, yeah. and I think it's... He's aware of his ego. I think it's a commentary on his intelligence. Yeah. his id, his ego, yeah. all that shit. Like, it's a fundamental part of who he is. He obviously uses it for good, Yeah, but you can't help sociopathic tendencies. There's Creepy. something to be said <laughs> for how easily he had the charisma to become a spiritual leader exactly. on Abydos. Yeah. He was only there for a yeah. year, and he became indispensable to their spiritual side. And I can't help but wonder how much that was some subtle manipulation because of the mindset that he clearly has underneath everything. Mm-hmm. Again, is it, it's not a reflection on his character. Of, uh, that he's a bad person. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the morality, I guess yeah. you could say. The morality's it, good. De- it definitely does indicate, because as soon as the reveal happens, you just look how happy he is. Yeah. And also, do you notice how not once does he ever mention the fact that he would, like, let's say he got away and found his wife again, he'd outlive her. He's uh-huh. not thinking about her at no. all. It's not that he's self-centered, but he's also not not self-centered to in this. To be fair to him, he does think about it later. Yeah, but... That's from a different, you know, writer perspective, honestly. I feel like if they had continued like this like this vein... Well, to be fair, like, he does think about her later, but it's really more about the fact it's that... It's perfunctory. It's... It's... The way he thinks about... I don't... I don't want to get into yeah. it, because... But he doesn't think about that side of things. Exactly. Whatever situation he's in in those moments awakens that other part of mm-hmm. him, and it's kind of set free in those moments, and it's interesting to see. I just enjoy it while also... Huh. And every time it's like, damn, that's yeah. right. He's and there's this definitely something to be said person. for the fact that he's also self-aware of it, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, and that make, that helps balance it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is interesting to see. Yeah. And Michael Shanks does a great this job is, with honestly, it. This is, honestly, the first real indication I mean, of it for season one. Let's go all the way back to the movie. When he lied to the military's mm-hmm. face yeah. about knowing how to get them back no through. Just because he wanted to go to the other side of the gate. No qualms. He had no way of knowing he wouldn't trap them all on an alien planet, but he wanted to go there, and he assumed he would be smart enough, which is the whole side of that yeah. that for him, he assumed he would be smart enough to find them their way back. Yeah. And the reason he, I think a lot of the reason he has that mentality is because he usually is smart enough for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, he's uh, not even apologetic, really, when he's like, I assumed it would be mm-hmm. here. It's like, that was a logical assumption. If you have a problem with it, that's your fucking problem. Like, that's that self-convincing thing yeah. that isn't necessarily incorrect, because from a very practical side of matters, which, again, I get in trouble a lot, but because I'm like, I didn't do the thing you're doing. He's like, no, you did. I'm like, well, nah, <laughs> I disagree. Well, it's not that one that you disagree. I think it is. It's that whole thing. Where it's mm-hmm. just like, I see what he, what, what he meant by that. Yeah. I get their side, obviously, but I definitely get his side where he's like, he's not apologetic about it, because his assumption made the most sense. Occam's razor was used. He is smart enough to have taken most of the variables into effect. Granted, that was hella arrogant that he would know what an entire alien planet would do. No. But I get it, because the ego is strong there, Uh because what he wants is really what's kind of influencing everything. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, this episode is is the first real flash of it that you'll see. You'll see a bunch more over the next, you know, ten years. But I love that it starts so early. I love that he kind of subconsciously or, or consciously knew when to begin mm-hmm. the journey. And this is a great episode vehicle, honestly, for that beginning flash. Not to mention the whole Ascension storyline. Yeah. God, especially um, Threads. 
Oh, don't get me started on Threads. Dude, yeah. No, yeah. It's yeah. No, it's terrific. But yeah, I think Next Gen had a season one episode where Riker gives, uh, Q gives Riker her powers to prove that, you know, people, you know, absolute power, all, you yeah. know, the whole thing. And instant change, but it's all cheesy and hammy, and, and honestly, Jonathan Frakes, you, you've done much better acting since that episode. I choose to blame the director for that one, honestly. Sure, sure. But that's usually the take on it. Yeah. For the first flashes of that kind of personality, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not Michael Shanks. No, 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 no. He, he built a master. It. Yeah. He's just, he's so good. And and it's also a better made first season than Next Gen, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All the MPs and everybody come in. Uh, Hammond shows up, and Jack is trying. I love it that, like, this is a good directing. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where um, it's kind of a shame that Kaufman's not coming back, because this is honestly, I feel like, a really good directing moment. So there's, honestly, the whole room is filling with people. Right. And, like. They managed to film that without it looking too busy. Yeah, it's only until the very end that you kind of start to look at that starts to kind of look like a set. And then they, like, but. because they frame it on Jack and Hammond in the center, mm-hmm. standing opposite each other, facing each other, talking at, e- at each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're talking over each other, like, the whole time. Like, Hammond's talking about how, like, they need to be, you know, put away yeah to to, get them not here yeah lock them up kind of and like talking over jack to be like i don't want to hear any of this from you blah 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 you know because talk all you want meanwhile jack's also talking over him trying to give him all these examples of things that he knows about hammond that an alien trying to pretend to be Jack wouldn't know, and like, it, listing like, and his, a true star his granddaughter's names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of... The first thing he says is, your wife died of cancer. Yeah. And then he brings up the granddaughters. Mm-hmm. It's like, that, that that's Stargate but fashion. Yeah, I really liked that framing directing of that scene. Mm-hmm. Just, like, them amidst the chaos, talking over each other. Mm-hmm. But it ends with the whole team getting locked up for a little while. Have you seen locked up? You can first shot of them you know, through, like, a security feed? Yeah. And what's Daniel doing? Inspecting his nails. Mm-hmm. It both in it looks like mild annoyance and also fascination. Like, wow, they got my manicure right and everything. But he's and doing he it in, in typical like Game Boy entire... fashion because he's literally just yeah. Oh, look at but that. then he spends the entire conversation just like flexing his hand and like looking at it. Like, I guess probably trying to like see like how the the tendons yeah, and yeah. stuff work and like, everything. Doesn't look like a piston. Yeah. I wonder what kind of skin they use. He's just fascinated because honestly, the first thing he's thinking of is okay. So this guy keeps saying better. I am not human. All right, let's see where this better starts. I mean, there's something to be said for the fact that after the first like minute of the episode, he's over it. He's not. Uh, he's not wearing glasses. And again, never really said anything. Yeah, about, I love this fucking show. Mm-hmm. This episode's so great. It's a very obvious thing that whether it's in his fucking they hair sure don't tell or on his shirt, like his another... are present and they're not present here. Exactly. Like another director or writer would have had him being like, "Oh, I don't need my glasses," or "Oh, my allergies aren't bothering me." He doesn't even do the bridge thing because subconsciously he, as soon as he knows he's an android, he doesn't need it. Um. So he's like doing that. Basically, the whole team is in that room. Uh, trying to talk it out. Sam basically hits the nail on the head, more or less, where she's like, oh yeah, I, I guess he transported our consciousnesses into these new bodies. And they immediately start talking about whether they still count him as themselves anymore. It's like a full... Yeah. They don't hesitate at all to start having this conversation. And it makes sense to me, you know, now why I remember it being so much more emotionally fucky, because I was... Again, I didn't see it in 97, actually 98 by this point, late enough in the season, it must mm-hmm. have been January, February of 98, but uh, I must have been around 8-ish, so it was only a couple years after it came out. Anyway, the whole thing is, I was young enough that I remembered that messing my whole fucking worldview up. 
they immediately delve into this thing of, so are we us? And it's like, well, why, why, oh, why, what, why, what, why wouldn't you, oh my god, mm-hmm. what is a soul? And I just remember that fucking me up and making me really sad. Yeah. Because what if you're not? What does that mean for everything? Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, we've already kind of preemptively reserved a spot for my own personal moment, <laughs> but they do such a good job with it. They do a little less in-depth than I'd like, but honestly, restrictions of time, so. Yeah, absolutely, because it's, it's not that long of a show. And there's always a, a moment where you wind up talking about it too much. Exactly. And if they wound up talking about it too much, it would have completely destroyed the end. Yeah, and it would have gone preachy as yeah. shit. Uh, so while they're arguing over whether they still count as themselves and everything, um, Teal's acting a little odd. Uh, he figured out that he doesn't have the pouch anymore. Oh god, that's right. So, okay, that was bad. I'm not used to having so many notes, I actually forgot about this. Uh, okay, I wrote here, K, the no longer possesses a Goa Uld thing is a problem. Because, like, you're telling me until this month. Granted, I know because, like, we find out that later two minds are Uh present, he still felt that. Yeah. But seriously, how do you... Basically like a phantom limb. How do you not notice the lack... How would you... Like, I'm constantly kind of aware of my internal organs in the sense that I know I have a stomach. You know what? I would argue it in the same way that Daniel didn't seem to notice he wasn't wearing glasses or needed them anymore. It's... Your body doesn't need it anymore, so your mind... All your mind knows is that you're not feeling bad, so therefore... But still, I just feel like if I had a fucking pouch in my body that (laughs) held another living creature, especially one that's constantly wriggling and squealing in some form... Gross. I feel like I would just kind of always constantly be aware of both the mental presence and the physical presence, because you can't do not. Yeah, so Teal's acting weird. They they discuss the fact that he doesn't have Junior anymore, uh, but Teal says that he can still feel its presence. Another one of a... There's like three kind of you know, reveals in this episode, and there's the first two we've already kind of talked about, and then that was the first hit for the third one. Mm-hmm. And the fact that from this moment on, there's a lot of, like, Teal in the background shots where he just looks slightly ominous. Christopher Judge did really good at picking when to, like, darken his expression. Just real good. The moment of just a slight indication that Teal'c is no longer here. But... Well, that's one thing that we forgot, though, is before they actually make it back to Earth, you know, they're trying to leave, right? And Harlan says they can't. Oh, yes, I didn't write that down. Yeah, because they try to leave, because he goes, okay, we're out. And Harlan's like, no, you know, you can't leave. And they're like, well, we're gonna. He's like, no, seriously, you literally can't. And then he says, I can't either. I can't either. And... That's which a great little call out to a lie that he had just done before, which was when he, when they asked how exactly how long he'd been gone, his eyes flick to the corner, to the left mm-hmm. corner, down, and don't move at all as he recites, almost with a weird monotone, the exact amount of time mm-hmm. that's passed. That's a first hint. And then you have the, I can't leave either, but it's the, uh, it's the creepiness aspect of those lines because everyone's assuming your, your usual reasons for why yeah. you can't leave. And then as they're leaving, he goes, you'll be back. Yeah. And not like in a creepy possessive way, but in the, seriously, you can't leave, you'll be back. I can't leave either. Cough, (laughs) cough. But the cough, cough is actually quite subtle for once. So yeah, I wanted to say that. Yeah, no, it's really good. We were discussing before we started talking about the episode, they do really good foreshadowing in this. Um, but, but, but yeah, back to the brig. <laughs> yeah, so then their discussions turn to whether they actually still have any rights as this. Yeah. And it even has, um, because Jack is basically like, we're a problem now. We are not our original selves, and we have top secret knowledge. And I like how We Sam's, are a problem. And yeah. Sam starts to be, to be like, about it. well, we're still here. Yeah. And then realizes, oh yeah, we're not human. We don't have human rights right now. 
I think this whole episode is honestly a shout out. They're all great, of course, for reasons we're going to explain mm-hmm. later, too. It's a shout-out to Richard Dean Anderson's acting, especially, because... Oh, God, yeah. That whole scene, the standout line is, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And the way he says it, that is still devastating, because it kills me every time that he's like, fuck whatever you're... Whatever whatever's. It's And honestly, I kind of embody that feeling, too, which is, it doesn't really matter in the end, because as long as you... Yeah. If you consider yourself you, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You may you may be in a shitty environment where people aren't going to also feel that way, but at least you have that comfort. And honestly, that is the only thing that matters because it's the only thing that affects you is you Absolutely. in that regard. So the conviction, but also the desperation and depression in the statement. God, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. This episode is really for Richard E. Anderson. Yeah. Like, everyone else does a good job, and Harlan's amazing in it and everything, but this is Richard E. Anderson's episode. But yeah, so um, then... Hammond and other people come in to start talking to them, and the team presents their theory about what happened to them, about them being, their consciousness being taken out of their human bodies, being put in these robots and everything. And uh, credit to Hammond, he is actually kind of listening. It takes, like, Sam giving, like, the techno babble and Mm -hmm. everything, but he does start to listen and start to consider this as a possibility. But as he's discussing this with them, another great bit of directing, you see, uh, like, Daniel and Jack are in the foreground, and Teal'c and Sam are in the background. And while Daniel is talking to Hammond, you see Sam, Sam start, start to, to like, her face just a little. start to look like she's in pain, and then, like, five seconds later, you see Daniel do, like, a migraine pinch, and then, like, five seconds after that, they all collapse to the ground in pain. And Daniel's back was to exactly, Sam yeah. that so, entire time. So yeah, time. obviously two people got to see for, like, visual cues. But even then, for other two, remember, you have to reshoot these scenes a, a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. So that's one of those moments where you can't have any different, you know, like, you have to time it perfectly and hope for the best and mm-hmm. get a shot where it works perfectly. That kind of shit's a lot harder than it looks. Oh, yeah. Especially considering how fucking time it was. Even if you, like, have a director behind the camera who's, like, timing mm-hmm. it, they have to be on their shit. Yep. You have to be on your shit. Everybody has to be not looking like they're looking yeah. while also looking. No, I'm... I'm <laughs> hard. I'm impressed by Kaufman. It's yeah. a shame that he didn't do more. But yeah, that was a weirdly awesome minor scene. Just for that tiny little mm-hmm. element. So Sam figures out that they're out of power. <laughs> oh, low batteries. Low batteries, Well, if there's, yeah. a, if there's anybody who's gonna know... This is a dirty-ass joke. If there's anybody that would okay. know... Okay. It's so at least the month since I made a battery joke. They figure out that, you know, that's low batteries. They need to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they literally get tossed through the gate. Yeah, it's a little weird how rough and tumble they are. They're like, guys, chill the fuck out. They, were, they were leaving voluntarily. Through. They were leaving voluntarily. So uh, Harlan shows up like, oh, great, you guys are back. Because obviously he knew they were going to be back. He did tell them. Um... And Jack gets pissed off at Harlan and starts yelling at him and, like, grabs him by the, the collar yeah, of the, the shirt. Yeah, the lapels. Yeah, the lapels. That that move. Everyone knows that move. Yeah. Uh, and starts, like, shaking him. And Harlan has a great line where he says, you are damaging me. I mean, it wasn't, the, the Harlan reveal isn't really or, to, The Harlan the reveal happened for a while. When when he started talking about the 11,000, we knew he was Well, we also, knew, but I think... No, no, he... Let's take a minute, minute, minute. They didn't have any more. No, joke. it's 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 after uh, his con- telling them that he can't. He's not willing to uh, transform them back to human. That's when he's revealed. revealed. Oh, okay. It's, I'm it's, just it's, shocked it's they coming didn't right do another <laughs> um, another. Oh, you look great for your age. Show. Right. No, that was their last like big cough cough. Yeah. That was like the last step of like guys. If you haven't figured it out by now. But he basically they get Jack to let him go, and 
he's like, okay, well, you know, just coming back through gave you a little bit of power, but you guys got really low. You guys should go back to the chamber you woke up in to get a full recharge. So he takes them back. Jack does not stay there for long. <laughs> he immediately goes back out to yell at Harlan. So, you know, your, your average Jack thing. Well, I mean, dude, he is struggling with some shit that oh, yeah, no. everyone else is kind of weird. Like, Tooth has his own shit going on, so he's not doing too much of a, of a philosophical Tooth's having an internal yeah, battle. Yeah, he's having a different battle. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got bigger priorities. Sam is Sam's looking at it from like a scientific yeah, standpoint. Exactly. Whereas Dan's Daniel, looking at it from a creepy standpoint. Well, that's that's what. Um, so he leaves, and then Sam and Daniel discuss the implications of the new bodies, and Daniel seems pretty down with it. Yeah, like honestly, the only it's weird because like right before that was um, when uh, Jack's saying stuff like, you know, uh, do we have rights? We don't have rights, you know. What? Mm-hmm. And again, because Daniel is in this mode already without even realizing it, he in this creepiest tone I've ever heard goes. Something like that, like we still have rights. Oh, he does, yeah. Like, he is so in ownership of everything. It's, I don't give a fuck. Let them try. It's that whole <laughs> thing of, I, I, I wouldn't try to take Daniel's rights. <laughs> I am certain of my rights as a person. I feel his, mm-hmm. but the way he says it is with the authority of somebody who knows that they are not squishy human. And it's already kind of like getting into that mindset. He's yeah. letting it work for him. And it's continued now with yeah. this awful thing because because just, Sam is he's always still, reveling in it. His face is creepy Sam's happy. not as angry as Jack, and she is examining the interesting scientific implications yeah. there. But she isn't happy to be in this right. body. But she's still like compartmentalizing. Yeah, she's compartmentalizing because that's Daniel's, who Sam is as a person. Yeah. Daniel's down. He's got this again, like this joyous, rapturous look on his face. Like, dude, my life is now awesome. Meanwhile, Jack's going, I don't know what a soul is anymore. <laughs> I just know that I feel like I have one and I don't know what to do. And I uh, would also be chasing after the person who did this to me. <laughs> so while they're having this discussion, Teal just up and leaves without a word. Did they even, did they even notice or are they just yeah, they doing his thing? Because they go right after him. They okay, follow right that's after right, him. That's right. He gets up, he leaves. They look at Teal. And then they look at each other and they get up and follow him. It says like how uh, how in character it is for Jack to storm off, but that doesn't phase them. But not to. It's like okay, shit. So then Jack goes to find Harlan, and this is where we get the rest of the background of this world. Uh, basically, the biosphere that they had couldn't maintain their people anymore, so they started. At first, it wasn't everyone. They had like a select number of people that they were converting to. Androids. Oh yeah, and by the way, Harlan's an android. Yeah, we find out that Harlan is also an android. Which again, isn't terribly surprising. Yeah, but they built up to it. Yeah, and again, nice and subtle. And they don't even have like a big like, ha ha, look at this thing that's totally fucking obvious. It's really just, yeah, that checks out. (laughs) They do a really good job of like outlining the history of this world very succinctly. Yeah, like Harlan just like gives the bullet points. Yeah, he says the biosphere couldn't maintain us anymore. Um, a selection of us went through the process. Uh, a lot of the early ones died because the process wasn't perfected yet. Uh, later on, other people who had been perfected and were in functioning bodies didn't want to keep going on in these bodies anymore. Well, so they, they were born the into the existence that wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. forever. So basically he says, you know, through all of these sets of circumstances, I wound up being the only one left. And it's properly tragic sounding, while also being concise. Mm-hmm. And... That kind of shit's a necessary evil in these kinds of stories, because you need the information, yeah. and if you are doing a 45-minute format, for example, you can't always take the time to make it 
natural show, dialogue yeah. or you, it's exposition sometimes has to happen. But it, at least it's way, like it's not it happens because Jack is demanding it. So exactly. there's still a reason yeah. for it. Well, I mean, it's exposition does still count if a oh, person yeah, yeah, walks absolutely. up and goes, "Tell me everything," because it's like that. They do a good yeah. job of catalyzing, and, and they honestly, it. they put it in the perspective, in that moment of who's in that scene, which is a person who's been this way for a very long time and is down over it and mm-hmm. is just being methodical of explaining of it and not quite understanding the emotional aspect anymore. You know, detached, I guess, in a yeah. way. And the person who's currently going through this crisis, so it has a much more desperate edge to mm-hmm. the scene. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all exposited, but in dramatic fashion. But not like hammy as shit, like Hamlet or something. I can respect it. Yeah. Um, so... While they're, um... Oh, sorry, before we get all of the information about, um... Harlan's world, you do see Teal'c alone. And he has, like, that seizure kind of moment. For the life of me, can't remember what the movie's called, um, but... Or even the actress's name. But there's a movie, one of the first, like, possessions, uh-huh. um, famous possession scenes. Because it's always usually after the possession. This is, there's a scene, it's a famous scene. She's walking down, like, one of those, um, like, underground, like, subway tunnel kind of things. Yeah. And she gets possessed as she's walking. And it's this fucking terrifying moment where she does almost the exact same shit that, um, oh. Tilk is doing. Like, where she's back against the wall. It's a very different kind of wall, very different thing. Yeah. Um, and hers is much more drawn out, but it's this whole, like, you can see not just the possession happening, and but her fighting it. Yeah. Slash, you can see the horror in her movements as some things are happening. She's, some of the movements but are hers, aware. some aren't. Yeah. She knows what's going down. She doesn't know exactly, like, she can't yeah, understand yeah. what's happening, but she knows something's happening. And, all of the, everything that's in that scene. Apparently it actually fucked her up for years after that. Dang. How, how in-depth she got into it. But there's a really terrifying possession scene, and it's kind of famous in cinema for it. Not so much so that I can remember anything about it, you know, the details, mm-hmm. but um, it's a great scene. I remember seeing it as a kid, and I remember knowing, even at that time, that that probably wasn't something I should have been watching. <laughs> and I'm not saying this is an homage kind of moment to it, but it is framed very similarly. Yeah. It's a much more condensed version. But damn, Christopher Judge does his his best version of that. Oh yeah, Christopher Judge does a great job in this scene. But yeah, just the same kind of like fists up to the head, the jerking, fighting, two people warring for ownership, but not in this, not like in your usual seizure way. Because mm-hmm. way too often actors doing those kinds of scenes just make just go for full seizure, <laughs> or the directors have them go full seizure. It's like I mean I get it, but yeah. Um. So while after Harlan gives Jack this lay down about um his history of his world. Uh, suddenly another alert is going off, and it's that, um, he spent too much time building their body, so... I like it, because he, like, he wanted companionship, right? He Mm -hmm. needed help. He had his group of people he could do it to, but because of, you know, how that process works, he he had to stop maintaining he couldn't do, like, one at a time or something, because they needed to leave, you know? Mm -hmm. There there was constraints. He took a calculated risk for very understandable reasons, and is not panicking at the, at the thing that could have happened that mm-hmm. he knew was going to happen. He just goes, I did this thing. This now is... I need your help to yeah. fix this. So basically, because he took the time to make their bodies and get them in their, those new bodies and everything, he neglected maintenance for a little while. Because was... he got them because he needed help with maintenance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, but basically, like, hey, if you guys don't help me with this, this whole place is going to come down. <laughs> By the way, I put you in this situation. Guess what? Now you get to help me maintain it. Right. Sorry, not sorry. Help. That's the kind of storyline where... You can't always judge the person doing it. It's like, yeah, you ruined someone's life, but also but they had the a life. the situation he yeah. was in, yeah. He generally, he, there's always a choice. Yeah, and he made the one that he felt he needed to mm-hmm. make. Just because he shouldn't always whatever, whatever, doesn't mean that he deserves, like, for example, to mm-hmm. die because of that. 
Also, there's so much to be said, again, uh, much like uh, the discussions that we had during the Korai episode. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's something that has to be said for what kind of ethics exist in that world. Exactly. Especially a world where they haven't had living humans in at least 11,000 years. Mm-hmm. There's... They're going to have completely different ethics. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean the same thing to him as it would to Hell, us. they could have the same ethics, but, but everyone's still interpretations took that are risk. different. Yeah. And again, there's a detached aspect where who knows if he's even using the same filter anymore mm-hmm. for that. And honestly, he does look a little, you know, he's not gone in mind, yeah. but you can definitely tell that he's lost some pieces oh, of absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely. So not everything's always going to be processed in the same way. No matter what your ethical standpoint, it's always about, of course, how you interpret Mm -hmm. the ethics. And again, if you're based off a human especially, you want to be not alone, and you want to live. Yeah. (laughs) Presumably. Those two things are extremely powerful motivating factors. That's why that movie Passengers is such a massive fucking letdown, because that's a great premise. The idea of, do you make the choice to wake somebody else up, Mm -hmm. knowing you're doing them to die with you alone? Or do you let yourself just fade away to nothing? No one would judge the voice in your head telling you to do this yeah. thing. And they could have done a great thing with that. They didn't. Yeah. This is a very tiny piece of what could have been. And it's kind of executed well here. He doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> but not in a malevolent way. He's just way. really matter-of-fact about exactly. it. Exactly. He knows what he wants and needs and desires based on his 11,000 years of existence. And you can be mad at him for it, but also maybe not judge him for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so he basically says, hey, you guys have to help me out with this, or this whole place. Uh, it's a power source problem. Um, and this is another one of those great moments of silent acting, because, oh, we didn't actually talk about the one earlier. It was basically, um, Harlan annoyed Sam, and Sam just, like, gave Jack a look like, can I hit him? Didn't say any of it out loud, just gave him a look like, colonel. She didn't say colonel. Yeah, she doesn't say a fucking thing, just looks, sighs, angry sighs, like mini sighs, Colonel. And he just goes, no. no. And that's it. Yep. It's good. It's great. But yeah, this one is a totally silent communication where, um, after Harlan says, hey, you guys need to help me with this, Daniel just looks at Jack. Just stares at him. And then after a moment, Jack goes, all right, fine. Again, though, that's just another example of how, I love how Daniel just immediately accepts this as basically just what, this, this is what's happening. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And get on board, bitch. Mm-hmm. It's like, why aren't you reveling in this with me? Why are you letting your petty human problems bother you? You're not a petty human anymore. To which the rest of us are going, dude, it's been like an hour. Right. <laughs> so, um, they have to basically fix something with the venting. The, their air's not venting. Oh, um, acid rain yep. gets in through the vents up above and, like, seals the vent shut. Yep. So they have to fix them manually. Um, and there's two that need to be fixed. So, obviously, Jack goes off on his own for one, and Sam and Daniel go together to fix the other. And here's another one of those great Daniel moments. Daniel is just so thrilled At by he how he do. just yanks the, the vent cover off That's by kinda, hand. He doesn't even yank. That's how strong he is. He literally just finds the seams and just pulls. Yeah. Full-on Daniel. And he takes a moment to be like, Hey, look at that. She's to like, the Daniel. point to where Sam has to be like, Daniel, focus. And he goes, what? Oh, right. It's nice to look almost like a callback to like the first episode where he was, uh, when they, he was dialing the address and he, he goes, was oh, like, look, he was, he was in my pocket, pocket the whole and time. Like, Daniel, dial, Jesus. <laughs> like, Daniel, now is not the time. <laughs> Your childlike glee needs to take a back seat, please. 
so they fix theirs, and then you have Jack dealing with his, um, but he got there a little slower, or took a little more, I, th- I think his hand got caught when he was trying to fix the vent inside or whatever, but um, Harlan has to let the steam release while Jack is still in the vent, so he gets a face full of steam and falls backward. Right. Just also, his time. is harder to get to. Yeah. Just in time for Teal to show up and try and kill him. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's again, a very Terminator-esque scene because he's on the ground and he's, oh, Teal'c. And you can just see everything about that body language is oh, yeah. full army. <laughs> Honestly, I love it. And he turns and just, you can tell about everything about this. Like, nope, that's not Teal'c. <laughs> and then, of course, the unsuspecting friend gets mm-hmm. kicked in the face. <laughs> Absolutely. So they fight for a long time. Uh, Honestly, it's, that it's, fight could have been cut down. It wasn't that important of a fight, and also wasn't exa- like it wasn't bad, badly choreographed, but it wasn't exceptionally choreographed or anything. So it, it didn't was, need to be as long. It as was, it was fine. Well, it wasn't egregious, but it wasn't necessary who knows what else, either. What other kind of awesome detail they could have added if they hadn't focused on that fight? Yeah, <laughs> I get why they did it, but I don't know. If you're not gonna be able to devote the same amount of time and energy that, like, for example, that last uh, Terminator fight mm-hmm. got. Just know your limits, I guess, and just especially if you're not gonna go to a lot of detail with like choreography, for example. You just don't need to. You don't need to focus on your yeah. your average shit for more than like two or three. They probably felt like frames. they had to do that because there has been no action in the episode, right? Until and now. they need to make this uh, danger scene last longer because you still have to go back to flashback at Harlan a few times while he uselessly wiggles on some wires. Yeah, I love how in eleven thousand years he has yet to figure out how to operate that fucking control panel. What was he doing? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but he does appear just in time because, like. Tilk does get the better of Jack. He's knocking because he shoves his face into like a really hot steam and like melts part of his cheek off, um, and then gets him to the ground and is about to take like a final swing on Jack just in time for Sam and Daniel to show up. Da, 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 Tilk, no! Oh my god, I forgot about the Tilk, no. Yeah, I already repressed that. That was that. I don't know whose idea that was, but they. I hope they were fired. <laughs> Um, and right when it looks like he's about to land the final blow, he gets vaporized from behind by Harlan. With this uh, extremely Star Trek-looking, like, original series-looking phaser that you see neither hide nor uh, hair of the rest of anything. And then he gets really, uh, cagey about, he's like, oh, uh, that was, that was my mistake. Um, I, I didn't realize when I first made him that he was different from you guys, uh, he had both consciousnesses um, combating inside of him. Uh, but I can fix it. I'm like, how can you fix it? You've destroyed him. He's like, no, 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 I can fix it. I can fix it. And, like, he just, he's very cagey about it and, like, scutters off. And Jack just... Scuttles? No, I'm going to say scutters. <laughs> Skitters and scuttles. Ah. Um, and Jack just kind of, like, nods after him to Sam and Daniel and says, follow him. So they follow him and dis- uh, discover him growing a new tealk. Dude, yeah, it must be fun when your uh, job description that day is to sit there and get smeared all over with baby jelly. God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're like, wait a second, how are you growing another one of him? Where are you getting this information from? Also, I didn't know you grew androids. Apparently, unless you do. I just realized just now, I have a couple of questions there. I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, or no. Like my, you know, uh, oh my god. Uh, bio, um, something that involves the words mechanics and bio, anything, uh, bionics, there we go, and biometrics, or whatever the fuck I'm trying to say here. Anyway, it's a concept that's been presented before. 
I have no problem with it. I just wanted to know what what was with the jelly. I don't know. But they basically keep confronting him until he's forced to admit that he does, in fact, still have their bodies. Because he has to be getting the source material for Teal from somewhere, and it's because he still has their bodies. I'm going to point out that, again, it's not a flaw, but it has to be a source of something. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's good and interesting that Mm -hmm. he chose to keep them alive. But all he needed was a skin sample. Well, the whole point was the fact that he didn't want to kill anyone. Exactly, I like which, that. Which, uh, we'll get to that in a minute, like, his explanation for what yeah. happened. But they, he brings them to another room with a really creepy layout. It's basically a mirror of the room they all woke up in as androids, uh, except their human bodies are laying on, on them in their original clothes. And Some they've got decorated these, duct tape. They've got these, like weird, like, alien-looking duct tape kind of things over their mouth. Think of the, uh, gag they put on Loki in, uh, Avengers. But soft. Yeah. But, like, remember, like, that, it's yeah, just, like, yeah, that elastic mm-hmm. with, like, a black lining. Yeah. But soft, yeah. It's just that but same kind of feel. But really, it's honestly a really creepy scene, because as it pans around the room, their eyes are open, and you see their eyes flickering. So it's, they're, it's like, like, REM, but yeah. aware. Not it's, really, but... It's creepy as heck. No, it's a very creepy, silent scene that, again, is just further proof that it's sad this guy only did the one episode. Mm-hmm. And he basically reveals that the robots are copies, which is why oh, they Sam reveals. Yeah. She, she was like, oh, she figures out, oh, we're copies. This is why we can't go back, because our original consciousness still, still exists in our bodies. There's nowhere to, for us to go back to. And we're now unique, so we can't just, like, re-overlay. Yeah. Like, maybe at the moment of transference, before, like, any awareness mm-hmm. happened, you could technically just put that overlay back over. But not at this from point. literally any millisecond onwards, not so much. And they, <laughs> they all wake their originals up, and everyone has these little exchanges with their originals. Jax don't like each other. <laughs> Sam's start doing technoscience mumbles at each other. And, and they circle each himself. other. No, yeah. but they circle each other like wild cats. Yeah. It's well, also being like mildly appreciative. Like, yeah. yeah, I always knew I had a nice ass. But then Daniel, the Daniels just kind of stare at each other. <laughs> it's kind of like when Data and Lore look at each other. They say, like, they say like fascinating or something. It's like when Data and yeah. Lore look uh-huh. at each other. It's good. But, but slightly more sociopathic. And then Teal'c, like, looks around the room at all of these doubles and goes, Was there not one of me? And they're like, oh, well, we had to vaporize it. And he just goes, Indeed. (laughs) No, not indeed. He goes, I I see. see. Honestly, yeah, I feel like that might have been the moment they started to realize that maybe they'd gone a little too Spock. Yeah. (laughs) But it is good. It's just like, oh. And I like how as soon as we watched that moment happen in the episode, you called to Moebius. Guys. Where, Where am I? I? <laughs> just like, that shit never gets less funny. No. <laughs> There's always that one guy, that, dude, that would be me in the group, if it, if it was my counterpart, whatever version counterpart's gone, like, i literally look at it and go, god fucking damn it. That would all be it. <laughs> but yeah, because of the fact that when Teal tells him what happened to him, he's just like, oh, of course. <laughs> god. He's not surprised in the slightest. <laughs> I just realized that's exactly what would happen if I was the person. It'd be like, all silent. Without even looking at me as like the focus, I'd, all you'd hear is just, God fucking damn it. <laughs> it's like, what? And that's it. No context, no more explanation. Everyone just kind of goes, hey. <laughs> just, fuck. How do so, um, the Jacks go off to have a little talk um, with each other, basically outlining the fact that, you know, 
the humans are going back home, the robots are staying here, they have separate existences now, um, the robot promises never to try and leave. Yeah, they'll, they'll bury the gate. Yeah, well, cause, because the human Jack goes, hey, you know this is a, um, this is a security problem. You have all of the knowledge that I have. You can't just exist out here. And Jack, and then robot Jack goes, we'll bury the gate. And then he's, and don't you dare send a bomb through to ensure it. And he's like, I, I wasn't. wasn't. I was thinking yes, about you it. were. That, you know, again, even though it doesn't have the same, I'm desensitized a little <laughs> more now to mm-hmm. it. That if you think about the underlying aspect of it, that's two people who are very aware of the elephant in the room and desperately trying not to, to say it out loud. It. Yeah. Because no matter what, they both know, because they're the same person, mm-hmm. they both know what is currently destroying... Robot Jack? Robot Jack. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. I would feel that way too, especially when I, quote, know who I am. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm now forced through no fault of my own. There's nothing, I literally nothing I can do about it. Yesterday I was me. Today I'm officially a copy. And there's no fucking reason for it. And I have to pay the price for it. And honestly, I could see, I could see myself going almost full suicidal immediately mm-hmm. there literally just what is the fucking point then yeah and, there's nothing and i would never even try to explore a new point because i had one <laughs> yeah and now somebody else is living it while i'm forced to not live it that's where you get your it's ethics rough, crap yeah. and that would because then what do you do with yourself exactly anymore? so yeah. that conversation is not that heavy but it's also so fucking heavy it would have gotten much heavier if it was anyone other than jack having it because both Jacks don't want to say it out loud. They don't need to, but also don't yeah. want to. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to hurt themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just, and there are no words for it, and they know that. And they're also, you know, career military men who've seen their share of, this is so not fair. Yeah, exactly. And they never thought, hoped, and never thought that they would be them in that position. There's a reason they keep having this sort of storyline happen to Jack. Yeah. Because this happens again later with the clone episode. Yeah. I'm going to limit myself to at least only one minute of description on this, but yeah. you know what this reminds me of in a really, really good way? Lots of polarizing views of the movie Prestige. Uh-huh. But when, oh, when, yeah, when yeah, he yeah. talks about, uh, when the one guy talks about how you don't know what sacrifice is, you don't understand mm-hmm. it, and he goes, and... Again, I'm actually not on Hugh Jackman's character side on this. No, no, no. But I kind of see what he thinks he is. To be fair, I'm not on either of their sides. They're both terrible. I kind of get where he's coming from. Because he says, I I didn't sacrifice. Every single night, I went into that machine not knowing if I'd be the one that lived. Mm -hmm. And he's fully glossing over all of the connotations that go with, I'd be the one. So, you know it's all one, or you're not... that's yeah. not the focus. It is that existential terror, of course. Mm-hmm. But he's just choosing not to think of it in a stupid way. Yeah. That, therefore, why his character gets the ending he deserves, honestly, because he's dismissing the philosophical oh, argument. And if you're not going to play the game, you don't get to play it. If you're not mm-hmm. going to play the mm-hmm. game, you don't get to be in it. So it's really awesome because that's one way a mind could go about it. But then you have somebody who understands and chooses to confront while also not confronting mm-hmm. the problem. You know both Jacks, one Jack is thinking, the human Jack is thinking, at least subconsciously, a small part of him is thinking, thank God it's me. Yeah, absolutely. And the other one is kind of hating the living guts of the living guy, because why did it have to be me? Mm-hmm. Even though it's the same person in that room, one person technically in that room, 
both things get to exist at the same time, and that's where my mind starts to break down. Yeah. Because it's so not fair. And yeah, life isn't fair. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. No. When it happens. So, fuck me, Dan- uh, Daniel. Uh, uh, Richard Dana Anderson does such a good job with that. Absolutely. Uh, such a good episode. For that conversation alone. Done. Yeah. Uh, so basically they, you know, agree, okay, you guys go back home, we'll bury the gate, you don't have to worry about us anymore. We're stuck here anyway, we can't leave because of the power source. Yes. In a way, please don't worry about us anymore. Yeah, exactly. They basically- Last thing we need is you having to dwell on it. Yeah. You. <laughs> they basically want to both wash their hands of the other. Daniel wants to go be special robot. Yeah, he does. He's Daniel's like happy. Seriously, he is so- I love this side of him, honestly. I, w- I wish we could have gotten more of that, because that would have been an interesting and creepy character study. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and, you know, they, they make that agreement, and then the episode ends with Human Jack walking back through the gate to go home. Yeah. That's it. That's how the scene closes. Yeah. I do like how uh, Human Jack tries to give, like, one last attempt to... Not apologize, but also kind of apologize because they have one last interaction where he's just like, "Yeah, okay, I'll come get that, yeah, get that taken care yeah. of." And he's just like, "Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, like I get it, but I don't need your guilt. Mm-hmm. I need you to leave. <sighs> and yeah, it's uh, it's an excellent episode, but it fucks me up. Um, so do you oh. want to tell you because I looked it up for you mm-hmm. the the movie that you were talking about? Oh, the, with the possession. Yeah, and it's just called Possession. Oh. <sighs> The, the, the actor's name is like Adja or called, something. It's called. It's a nineteen eighty one film. Oh, was eighty okay. It was. It was in English, but it was a co production between um, France and West Germany. Interesting. I wonder if it's such a good movie. And what was the actress's name? It was like Adjani or something. The actress's name Adjani, Adjani. was. And it was an A and a D. Isabel Adjani. Oh hey shit! Yeah. I'm actually like absurdly proud of myself for that. <laughs> if you go on uh, YouTube, there is a scene of that possession. Well, I'm sure um, there is. It's probably taught in film school. <laughs> It's a. She does this thing with her body, her face, her head. There's like several different aspects that happen at different points in the mm-hmm. scene. At one point, she starts using her purse in the scene. Oh yeah, like it's everything that about the female form getting taken over, and it's gross on every conceivable level of what possession would be. The whole yeah. movie is terrific. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> it's one of those movies. Uh huh. But I recommend it to anybody who likes to be. Just gutted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I'd uh, look yeah. that up for you and Thank let you. you know. That's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah, a, it's so cool go ahead moment. and do your Emperor's Soul okay. rant. I'm, I, I am happy because I'm pretty sure there's at least one previous episode where I have done a slight summary moment of it. Because I know it's come up a couple oh, times. Oh, yeah, you you love bringing it up. Well, within reason. It's like, the, it's like a technique I love bringing up Tesla, but I don't. No. Nah. <laughs> because it's, it's upsetting? Because I, I, I know myself, yeah. and I know my triggers, so I know my purse for me is a bit of a trigger. But not remembering entirely how much I said before, but either way, dedicating a small tiny chunk mm-hmm. of time for this. Robert Sanderson is, I mean, he's no Isaac Asimov, because Isaac Asimov was a freak <laughs> in his own right of sci-fi. That, that kind of mind, you know, you, you, got, some, you got some chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. Isaac Asimov's amazing. That being said, Brandon Sanderson is also really amazing and also a little more approachable as an author Yeah. in terms of mindset. Not that I'm dissing Isaac Asimov. Don't give me angry emails. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson has written a lot of books, and they're all terrific. His, in my opinion, best one is a novella called The Emperor's Soul, and it's this premise, basically, entire premise of because of a magic system and some mm-hmm. applied phlebotinum, 
you're fine. A woman is tasked with the job of literally creating a soul mm-hmm. based on this guy who died. And it's and if you were using if you wanted to use science, you would use it as like a mental map, like a neural map, basically, is what she builds with this magic set. Yeah. And it constantly brings to light the fact because she has to. It's all about mimic. It's all about uh, uh, faking, forging. That's what it's called, forging. And her thing is, she, her meant as a forger. Her thing is, it is real. It is what it wants to be, and it is what it wants to be is what I guided it to want to be. Yeah. I put all these pieces together. The cognitive realm is a thing. It's about what makes the thing, not just the physical element, but the internal, and the other kind of internal. <laughs> And, of course, the people that are hiring her are hypocrites because they maintain that forgery is forgery, fake, mm-hmm. <laughs> the other definition kind of thing, and is wrong, heresy kind of crap, you know? But, of course, they want to stay in power, so they need their emperor, and he's brain dead. Yeah. So they need her to make a, a, a soul stamp to restore at least a semblance of the emperor, but it needs to be, you know, functional. Yeah. The greatest work she'll ever do kind of thing. And so she spends a month pouring over every single facet of this guy's life, trying to figure out, and reads all his journals and tries to figure out the motivations behind all of the things he talks about. And the cool thing about it is every time she has like a theory, she like uses the magic system to like make some kind of rune or whatever represents yeah. that's part of it. Um, the soul, some of the stamps don't take because she got the motivations wrong, mm-hmm. which tells you how something of how that cognitive realm must work. Because out, it's out there somewhere. Yeah. And it won't take unless it's somewhat correct. It has to be close enough that it can be plausible so her whole thing is i can't know the entire piece of everything that he was but any gaps i need to be close enough that any gaps can be explained away or naturally filled in because the mind will rationally be like okay i know who i am and what i am and what i would do so this must be what happened in this gap until you won't notice anymore it's an amazing premise because it's the back and forth argument of is she making something or is she just restoring something Mm -hmm. or is she by making this soul in this stamp, because there isn't anything there, is that just all the pieces reassembled, basically? Could it be that? So, like, you know, a transporter, almost. Yeah. Where technically a body died, but if you think about it, literally everything was put back into place, and that other person maybe didn't actually die, because it's not like they... Some people, I can see it I can see it both ways. I can see it being like, this person died, now there's this person alive. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that transference thing happened. I'd like to think of it that way because it'd be a lot, much less depressing. Yeah. And Eric and I don't talk about this book because... Yeah, because you don't agree at because all. Because he doesn't believe in a soul. And I don't believe in a soul, per se, but I believe, personally, in the, in the story, my conclusion is that it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. because he thinks he's real. Yeah. And he knows that he's real because who else would he be? Yeah. He's built out of this person. Therefore, he is that person. Mm-hmm. And your soul, if you have one, is more often than not, I'm going to go with the idea that your soul is what your perception is of yourself. Not just the energy in your brain, but what the energy takes and does and whatever uniqueness there is. And he is unique because there is nothing else now. And he's made, again, from himself. It's a fucking epic novella. And it breaks me inside. Hmm. Because you can't help but, I can't help but wonder... Did the other guy die? Yeah. What is life? What is existence? And that conundrum, and this guy, the guy who hired her, has spent his whole life considering forgery to not be real, but at the end reads her um, master notebook about everything, and mm-hmm. she kind of says, this is him. You can believe it or not. 
this is him. And he's been watching this process the whole time. And he burns the book and hates himself for it because he's been ruined in his interpretation now for life. Because even he's having a hard time remembering mm-hmm. that it, that isn't his friend, his emperor. Yeah. Because it is his emperor. And he's like, fuck, everything I know might be a lie. Yeah. And he just sits there weeping because he has no fucking clue anymore. Yeah. And it's amazing. And I get such tiny pieces of that, those nuances in this episode. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And maybe that's why Emperor Soul fucks me up so much, is because at a very tender young age, I was exposed to that in a minor way. And your mind just kept and, going from there. And then it got expanded upon later by reading that book, because it was, I don't think any part of it was like, oh, this sounds familiar. I really don't feel like I ever had that moment. I just remember going, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. It's an excellent book. Anyone who, I, I know I've explained away the whole thing, it doesn't matter. Still read it. Because mm-hmm. it's, so much more than just beginning, middle, end. It's all about your interpretations and so on. And it's really excellently written. So I think this is actually a really good... Um, I did it, man. That was like five minutes. I think this is a really good uh, transfer. No, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, transition? Tr- transition. Thank you. This is a really good transition into... Here's where we have a technical question. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm ready for this now. Does Robot Teal's death count as a death on our death tally? Yeah. All right. Melded on accident or not, Teal was still in there. Yeah. And at that moment, other uh, uh, human, uh, human Teal, uh, Jaffa Teal, wasn't using his mind because mm-hmm. that process was still going on. At that moment, and let's okay, I'm obviously glossing, I'm pushing aside for the moment the copy's idea. Yeah. At that moment, there was only one, and he died. Let's say that they were both active. Well, they were both distinct minds, but they were both Teal'c. So, yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, both, I, both I honestly, arguments end with yes. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to have to add Teal'c to the death tally. Yep. I guess in the end, it's just, honestly, I will always be the person who decides that, who says that it's, you know, not I think, therefore I am, it's I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And if I have all the experiences, then I am that person. Here so we Teal'c go. Died. Another good transition. Jack or Daniel for you. I am Jack. Because you know who you are. I know who I am, and I would not be, I wouldn't be thinking of, I would, I don't, at any point in time, would I ever, I wouldn't be okay with being in a robot body. I would I'd get over that part eventually. Because that's not the big, that's not, that's not yeah. what's important. What's important is my mind, who I am. The brain named itself. I care about the brain. Yeah. <laughs> what I love it's the difference between Daniel and uh, Jack in this. Daniel goes down a very different route. Oh yeah. Of apparently doesn't really care too much about this. Who, but what makes the self, mm-hmm. which is interesting. He's like a Commodore six thousand. <laughs> it's like okay, okay, all right, interesting. Too scared to go into that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jack, I think to be what what it is to be human is to wonder why. Mm-hmm. While also trying not to wonder why, because that will break your mind. <laughs> and he's forced to confront something, and all that stuff I said earlier with the whole fairness aspect, and the whole, I don't give a fuck what you say, I am me. I don't care. Have us both next to each other. He can be me, and be him, mm-hmm. and I can be him, and be me. They're not mutually exclusive. I am me. But for some fucking reason, I got to be the fucking loser who gets screwed. Yeah. And again, it's it's weird because at, this, at, that, at that moment, there's such a coexistence of Jack O'Neill is getting screwed, but Jack O'Neill is not getting screwed. That's, and that's such a said. mind fuck. But seriously, it's such a mind fuck. 
how in that moment he's both winning and losing, and having to wrap his head around the fact mm-hmm. that he's both winning and losing, and having one of them is having to go, <laughs> you know, fury and rage yeah. and d- d- despair, while the other one's going, oh, thank Christ. Because <laughs> I know I would. Mm-hmm. But I'd also feel like a fucking asshole the rest of my goddamn life because it's not fucking fair. And also, I'd be questioning everything because it's like, why, why me? Like, it, everything's so random. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm confronted with the reality of life, which is that life is chaos and there's, everything's random and there's no meaning behind anything, I, I, I immediately start just rocking myself <laughs> and mentally and physically because it just hurts. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, one of the things that used to... My biggest betrayal as a child was my mother. Every time I said it's not fair, my mother going, well, life isn't fair. It's like, okay first <laughs> yeah that's such a garbage response it's not about that it's about how it feels for the person uh-huh. getting the shaft yeah people both like to pretend that you can qualify and quantify emotion at the same time exclusively from each other and expect everybody to just get on board <laughs> and accept fate for what it is mm-hmm. i can accept it while also not being happy about yeah. it yeah yeah, it's really sad because it isn't fair and there's nothing you can do about it except accept it. And that's and that's not a message anyone wants to hear. No. Which makes it all the much more better when you're watching an excellent show. That does it. That does it because you somehow love them for making you want to shrivel up in a ball. <laughs> so I'm Jack, having a crisis. I'm down a pit now, man. <laughs> I'm down such a pit. I'm down the pit with Jack. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely a Daniel. <laughs> That's fine. I I I I I envy that. I can't be bothered by any of that. And I would love to be in a robot body. Dear God, get me out of this horrible human vessel. Eventually, let's say I didn't go down the suicidal route. Eventually, I would get on board with that because that's part of the acceptance thing. Is mm-hmm. I'll never not be able to dwell a little bit. Yeah. But I'd like to have some semblance of some sort of happiness. So I would eventually, for my own sake, want to move on. But. Yeah, you don't want to live in the miserable. I would take more than an hour to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I was also raised with all the existential questions. I'd be like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I freaked myself out once when I was like four or five years old. I remember this, it was weird. I was sitting on my bed, and for some fucking reason, I started thinking about how my existence was potentially not real. Mm-hmm. Because who's to say that... I'm real. I remember sitting on a bed and not having those actual words for it, but losing my goddamn mind and, and trying desperately to get back to a sense of, of normalcy. Yeah. Because all I could focus on was that I was looking through eyes that may not be real. And nothing was real for at least a few hours the rest of the day. And it, <laughs> it was not a good day. Yeah. So yeah, Jack and I, we'd be a team on, on the what do we do nothing okay but what do we do nothing okay but what do we do nothing cool wanna go be a robot please meanwhile people who don't care and i i understand the idea you are aware of those questions it's not that you don't have them you just don't internalize it because you have the ability to not be a freak (laughs) i I wish to god i had that i would say it's the opposite spectrum of being a freak because I I am aware of them and um, I even think it's interesting to analyze them but I don't um, empathize them see it's not empathize though. Now, empathize is not the word I'm looking for um, like I don't 
I, I can analyze that aspect, even if it's happening to me, without attaching the emotion to it. The, the what does this mean for me aspect. Yeah. Because it's, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. I guess, I'm, I'm more I'm interested in the debate in, than the fallout. For me, I guess it's, I'm not sure if this counts as, a, as an inherent selfishness, not like, not really selfishness, obviously, but it's not that I'm like, concerned about myself more than anything. It's yeah. just the idea that whenever I do something, I'm always kind of like, okay, Who's the the if this is if this if there's a, anybody who's gonna get fucked here would there be anybody who's gonna get fucked here and how would it be so whenever there's these situations all I can think about is why me what's going on what do I do and then of course that's all tied up with the whole what is life what is yeah. it so I can't I wonder what it is that makes my more inherently I guess it's not selfish per se it's just more Intr- associated with yeah. self I wonder what it is because all I can think about is the questions are fascinating as shit. And I'll get to that part, but first I have to have some moments of just, what do I do? <laughs> I don't think it's strange to worry about yourself. No, no, yeah, exactly. Scenario. I don't think it's strange. It's just, I wonder, I wonder where that Considering how is. much we discussed the sociopathic qualities of Daniel in this episode, yeah. I would say it's stranger to have the other side. It makes me think vaguely, like in a shallow connection of when I was watching um, Avengers Civil War or Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And, it might as well be Avengers Civil War. Yeah, it's Avengers Civil War. But um, how frustrated I was with Tony at the end. Mm-hmm. With the fact that, like, he knew Bucky had been controlled. Yeah, it was not Bucky still... doing it. And, like, and I, I discussed this, uh, I, I discussed the movie with someone while I was watching it. And, like, my frustrations there. And they're like, well, yeah, but there's, you can't be reasonable at, in those instances, because yeah, you've got that emotional um, component. component, and like people are unreasonable with it when it comes to loved ones like that, and I'm like, theoretically, I know that is a thing, but I can't see it, feel it, yeah, understand it. And, so and I just watch page. it being frustrated. Yeah, see, and they were on the same page. So I'm wondering where that. I'm wondering what it is that that whatever difference that is. I wonder where it is mm-hmm. and why it is. I know those questions are already yeah. answered. But I have the same thing where it's like, and I know for a fact if I was in that situation, I wouldn't be happy with the guy. But honestly, I would be looking at him going, well, you clearly weren't responsible for mm-hmm. it. So my irritation at you is suddenly gone. Okay, let's go find the people yeah. who are responsible. Because the whole point is like, he wants like revenge or whatever. Not, you know, wants to make some revenge on the right Why person. Why don't you just go do the, the... I think a lot of that is also the fact that you and I both have that very firm belief in... Um, that what makes killing, responsibility? That, well, that killing someone doesn't bring anyone back. Yeah, this just... If you want to do it, cool, but at least make sure you're doing it for the, on right the right thing. Yeah, focusing on the right, you know, people. Yeah. That being said, I don't believe in the death penalty. Yeah, I never will. 100%. And I think that it's uh, some biblical era shit that we should definitely be better than by now. You'd think. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's been proven, for example, that it's not even more fiscally responsible. Mm-hmm. So, nope. Yeah. So, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. I wonder. Two I wonder. thumbs up. <laughs> And one as existential middle finger up. There we go. Yeah, but sure. Two thumbs I'll up, agree man. with you on that. I, that I don't really awesome. care about the existential middle finger, but I'll give you the two thumbs up. It's that moment of, I know there's no reason, but I want to know why anyway, mm-hmm. because, of my, because of my human nature. And yeah. the fact that it's not this much the idea, that, the knowledge that I won't ever get the answer that gets me, it's just, again, the why of why I won't. Mm-hmm. It's unfair that I was given the capacity to have this question but while also having it. the capacity to understand that there is no way to yeah. answer it and there never could be and that's oh yeah stupid. absolutely 
I don't know what genetic whatever led to that shit, but it's like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, I get it. And it's, again, back to the unfairness aspect where I can get over it, but it will never not bug me. Mm-hmm. It's like a self-torture, but I didn't make my brain the way it is. <laughs> I didn't build the human brain, so I didn't make the capacity no. for it. So fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was, whether it's, obviously it's not a deity, obviously it's not a higher intelligence, but I'm going to pretend that I can quantify it as such, just so I can go, bitch. <laughs> and that's what makes my existential questions. It's the fact that, it's not so much the questions, it's just the age-old question of, why me? Don't answer, I know, but mm-hmm. why me? Yeah, yeah. Don't answer, I got it, but why me? Why anything? So. Alright. Um, so. With that heavy ending. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, next week's, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I think I'm reserving judgment now, but we might, when school is in session, have to switch to an every other week. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we can keep yeah, this up. my work schedule isn't really chaotic or anything, but... It's not predictable. It's not predictable, and, and honestly, it's just in terms of editing, you know, because I have days where I just yeah. can't do it. Um, and so it'd be nice when, if I, it was nice when I had a full week of most of the time mm-hmm. available for it, and now I don't, so. We'll just have to assess. Well, I guess for now we're going to try to aim for the keeping with We're going to try but... for next week. Worst case scenario, we'll be moving to every other week for yeah. a little while. It won't be forever, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yep. We'll find out when we release next the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> next episode. Yeah, there we go. Which um, is going to be an awesome one. Is going to be uh, episode 18, Solitudes. It's fun because it brings up other questions, but nothing nearly as heavy. No, no. Still as intelligent, yeah, but not yeah. as heavy. It's a good episode. We get some really interesting um, new, new pieces. Uh, avenues of yeah, storyline even and everything. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's amazing how much, how much world building there is. In this one. Yes. Without doing any spoiling. Yeah. And also, they got to film in Pendleton. Right. Which, back then, again, just some more testament to their budget. But I love that they went to the actual ice fields to do it. Pemberton, not Pendleton, sorry. Pemberton mm-hmm. ice fields. Like, nowadays, it's always downstage. Oh, yeah. But these guys went to some sulfur mines. Absolutely. They went to the fucking ice fields. They field. have to go to places. They were like, you know what, we're going to do a bottle episode in this one specific environment. We might as well go all the way. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah. It also has one of my favorite fucking deleted scenes. Yeah. Which I cannot wait to talk about next week. Alright. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss, and Liss at It's Liss Not Mel. If you want specifically to have an, uh, a mutual screaming into the void of why, by all means, contact me on Twitter. I'm here for you. <laughs> or our podcast Twitter, at Point of Origin PC. Uh, you can email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. Kind of. This episode, a lot of the things we talked about are just existential as shit questions. Well, <laughs> you can't really find links to those. <laughs> we can, uh, we can link the, no, the, the Emperor's soul, yeah. I the just, possession. I was just laughing yeah. at myself. Yeah, yeah. These mm-hmm. are the things we talked about. The Bible. <laughs> is not something you want to reference on this. Uh-uh. <laughs> Just going to make things worse. Anyway, you can find links to some of the things we talked about today in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 
Especially if it's just, I would love a review of literally just a bunch of, all in caps, why, 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 why. That would make my life so much better. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris. And until next time.